Welcome to Making Comics, a podcast exploring the comics process from two different perspectives. I'm Keith Foster. I write the comic Kadoja and the upcoming comic Three Protectors. And I'm Scott Loss, the creator and artist of The Second Shift and Wanders of Milsanda for the Accidental Aliens. Yeah, man. Yes, yes, you are. I am. That is exa- that is exactly who you are. Look at me. That's exactly who you are. Look, yeah. look at me yeah. being me. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So, uh, shall we? Do we need to get the drinks out of the way? Yeah, let's I feel do like it. That's just. I think that's not? become Go our ahead. routine. Uh, it okay, is. so it's from that same company as last week, the 450 North, and it's a 24 karat cup is what this is called, and it's a. You could check it out here. It is a super shiny gold. Uh, can it has like gold bars it has what looks like a smoothie with some gold gold necklaces around it and this ridiculous. is ridiculous yeah yeah and it says a uh, slushy collector cup series so honestly i think i was looking at this one prior and i could not find out what was inside of it so i'm just gonna drink it and i'll let you know what it tastes like i mean i hope it's some kind of thing like a gold lager you know or a, or a something okay it's some kind of fruitiness um what the hell speaking of what we were just saying that doesn't make any sense it's not i don't think it's a sour it might be a sour it's not it's not very tart but i can see there's a hint of it there it's kind of more smooth than it is sour so i i do enjoy that 24 carat cup yeah 24 not sure what K it is cup yep k cup and uh yeah 450 north brewing Oh, but, 450 North. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, but I, it's an yeah. amazing can. It just it's, doesn't it's say what's in it. it. Oh, it says, yeah, yeah. One pint sour ale. That's all it says. Well, look at you guys. <laughs> look at you guys. All right. So I am drinking. Let's see what we got here. I've got Do Us Part by the Anchorage Brewing Company. And I think you can see kind of like uh. Wolf's. Right, we got some to to quote my kid when she was six. Wolf's W O L F S. Yeah, man, this this is a double IPA, okay. and it is hazy and it is hoppy. Oh, I nice. mean, I made a face. I made a face when I drank it. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> so uh, some somehow my fridge just keeps my IPAs just just reproduce on a sentient basis or something. I don't recall buying any of these. Yet there are always IPAs in my refrigerator, despite me saying I would never get any. I, I don't there, know what the hell is happening. <laughs> there, there's something there with uh, reproduce mass reproducing and hoppy and rabbits. There's something going on there. There's there's a there's a joke there somewhere. You you know you know what this can reminds me of. So I I knew this one guy, and uh, he was in my drawing studio for a quick second. The the funny part is he's he invited himself. And, uh, oh. yeah. And, uh, so one day he was just like, Hey guys, check out my new, uh, uh, business cards. And, uh, you know, he had his art all over it. It had his name on it. He's an artist. And then, uh, we're like, Oh, okay, cool. Cool. Hey, where's your contact information? And he goes, what, what do you mean? <laughs> and I'm like, where's your email or your like social media handles? Like you don't have anything here to like contact you. Like, how, how are they supposed to contact you? It just says your name and, like, the fact that you're an artist and, like, what you've done. But, like, that's it. And he goes, well, and, like, there was a look on his face. Like, he realized he fucked up. And he, yeah. but also of, like, I'm not going to admit to you that I fucked up. So he goes, <laughs> so he's like, well, if, if they, if they like my art, they'll find me online. And I'm like, 
dude, that's that's not how that works. That's not the yeah. the point of the business card. The point of the business card is to be able to contact you, and you don't exactly. have any contact information on you. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and he uh, grossly rules. overpaid for them too. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I forgot the total that it was, but it was like, dude, you could have just went to Vista Print. Like they would have. Yeah, they've been yeah. way cheaper than what you just Rock. pay right now. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, all right, so I'm hosting, and that means it's time for you to lead off. What you did this week? What's the first thing you did this week, man? You're hosting, so I'm talking. Um, so I would say the first thing uh, needs to be getting out, uh, got out of the way. It's Drawtober is finished, so I finished that successfully on Sunday, the thirty first. And uh, no snafus. I was working day to day, basically. I, I would get it done the night before or early that same morning. And uh, if you guys were following along, you noticed that I would post pretty early in the morning. So the days that I posted a little too early, that was that means I stayed up till one or so working on it. And the ones where I posted a little bit later, I was working on it that morning still. So uh, I was happy. Two years uh, completed. No issues. Oh, one issue that I did see. I was updating my story. So on Instagram, you can create folders. If you want anything like story related, if you want it saved, if you want people to be able to witness it or view it uh, all year long, you can create a folder. And uh, so I did that last year with Drawtober. And so I was doing it this year. It was doing a weird thing where it wouldn't always let me update it that day or even the next two days. Like, like they were just kind of blank, blanked out. So every few days I would have to go back to see if it was corrected. And, and of course they would be after a few days. Um, so I forgot to do that. So I went back today to do it. I was like, oh, let me add all the, the drawings to the folder. On the 30th, I forgot to put a story. I did not put my image as a story. So the 30th will not appear in that folder because I never posted it. Uh, oh. There at least, you know, it's like on my main feed. Um, as a post, but it's not in my story. And, and that kind of bothers the hell out of me because I like that I can go back to the first Drawtober and just flip through it real quick and see the comic in action. And yeah. uh, now, uh, now I'm missing an image from this year. So that kind of annoys me. But, uh, you know, beyond that, uh, the day to the day, day to day was successful. Uh, beyond that, there was no other snafus. Nice. Well, they'll find it. As with the as with the contact information for the gold business card. <laughs> That's right. Same yeah. Same as that asshole's uh, contact info. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was your first thing, man. Mm -hmm. All right. So so for me, just to set this up, I have one specific thing to talk about this week, and then I have some other things that are just sort of things to talk about as opposed to things I did, and uh, and we'll just see how they work. But the one, I mean, look, I, I write the novel every day. That doesn't mean I have anything that's like, you know, podcast worthy about that novel that I necessarily want to talk about. And since, look, if this was making novels, then I would go into detail every week on it. But it's making comics. So that's why I keep my general discussion of the novel to one every three, one every four episodes as it as it comes up, as I find something interesting to talk about. So uh, what I wanted to talk about this time, though, is uh, let's let's just refresh a little bit. There was this prologue from the novel that I cut from the novel uh, a good two, three months ago, something like that. And uh, this was in the idea of the kill your darlings thing, except this was a darling I did not want to kill. I, I want to remove it from my book, and I think my book is better for it. But I wanted to have it stand alone and see if there's something I can do with it. Yeah, repurpose so, it. 
repurpose it. Exactly. So what I did, again, just recapping some previous episodes I've discussed this on. What I did was I broke it out into a short story, um, put it together, and then just had that short story finished, at least in its, you know, like I basically edited and made it something that sort of made sense, right? And it ended up being a 30-page short story with the logic that I was going to put it in a drawer for a short period of time. Then I was going to finish up, you know, the, uh, the script on animals, which I did. And now that the animal script is out, it's time for me to think about it again, because, you know, we're thinking way down the road, but it's always good to think about stories, you know, like, like there's nothing wrong with telling stories. And, uh, and so I, I actually read it over the weekend with this whole, like, let's see what it's about. And, um, it was kind of fascinating because in, in reading through it, uh, what I realized is it's not a comic. It's a prologue to a novel. That's what it is, you know, and, uh, if I'm trying to put that in, you know, in, into words that, that make a little bit more sense than just those simple declarations, you know, like a prologue to a novel is something that's just sort of meant to get you into it. It tells you an interesting angled story. That story doesn't necessarily have to have all of the beginning, middle, end rules. It should, but it just works differently, you know, and, uh, and the thing is, it, it does not stand alone. It, it does not stand alone as a story. Wasn't that what it was to begin with? A standalone? No, a prologue to to your main story. It, it was a prologue. Okay. But, but my, okay, sorry. Yeah, to, to be more clear, what I had thought the prologue was, was a complete standalone story that happened to function within the overall novel as well. It turns out it was not a complete standalone story. It does not work on its own. and uh, And it took me writing it, editing it, and putting it in a drawer for a month, month and a half, and then rereading it to really uh, understand that. And this is something that, you know, if we haven't talked about it before, it's always helpful, especially if you have multiple projects. You know, it's a great idea to walk away from stuff because you walk away from it. And then by the time you come around to it, you have a fresh mind, you know, like a, a fresh brain on it. You you get to read it uh, with a stranger's eyes instead of with the knowledge that you have from slaving away over a story every single day. So what I realized and, and what was interesting was I realized that by comic standards, it need, it also doesn't have a lot going on by what I would consider comic standards. So uh, in that pass of the novel or of this, sorry, of this short story that I'm planning on turning into a comic script, I realized that I need to add some things. And so I have some big thoughts right now over the things I need to add, but, uh, and, and then I'm just gonna let it sit. You know, we're recording this during the week. I'm probably gonna get to it on the weekend and then start hacking it out because I do think there's a comic there, but I think by the time I get, the, the comic that is in my head now, has about 25% in common with the story as written right now. So I'm basically going to end up throwing away three quarters of this thing and then building from the ground up and turning it into a comic. I still think there's a pretty cool comic in there. And um, we're going to find out because I'm going to write the damn thing uh, again once I'm done with my my novel stuff. And, you know, this this is where it comes down, right? Like, I'm not really planning on writing an extra issue of Kadoji yet because I need to work on finishing issue one. I may get to that maybe after I work on this first draft of the comic just to keep my brain fresh. Three Protectors is pretty much done. 
if there's, you know, when there's a volume two down the road, I'll write that when it comes to it. Animals is pretty much done with the exception of some editing, hopefully. And so it's time to open up my brain to this. So uh, anyway, it's it's interesting. It was an interesting thing to arrive at, to understand that what I really have here is an interesting setting and some interesting characters and the germ of a story. But I do not have a story and I definitely do not have a comic because not enough happens. It's too quiet to use the uh, the term that we've used before. Um, so anyway, it'll it'll be interesting. But uh, it was it was a uh, you know it was a uh, I don't want to say it was a sobering realization. It was just a realization, right? Like this this isn't enough. There's more that can happen, and I'm going to make it happen down the road. Did you pull it out for maybe in the the hopes of doing a, a the writing the writing event for writers in November? Um, I forgot what it's called. Oh, that's no, no. Yeah, that that's a that's a great point. Um, no, no, I, I pulled it out because I, I mean, I, I put all these notes in my calendar and uh, as, as my, my checklist of things to do, which I've, I've mentioned before. And for this, uh, I, I had put this out about a week after I finished up the animal script and, uh, and sure enough, it came up in my daily thing and I'm like, oh yeah, today's actually a really good day to look at this and kind of pull it out. Oh, nice. So no, this is not intended to be my, my write a novel or write a story in a month or write something in a month, uh, idea. I'm just going to finish the fifth draft of my actual novel there. Okay. So, um, so anyway, we'll, we'll see where this all goes. But again, I do think there's something interesting there. I just have to sit down and kind of hack it out. And I'm going to do that this weekend and, uh, we'll, we'll see if I get to it and, and if I have any, in, anything interesting to report next week is there a name for the writing event for november like a cool yes name? it's it's national national write a novel in a month month it's actually it's, it, it has like a funky abbreviation it's na rye no mo it's so easy to remember <laughs> it is i mean it, it, yeah it, it's basically the first syllable of anything of everything. Na-ri-no-mo. Yeah, <laughs> right. all right. Good job. Yeah. Good job, yeah. guys. Not uh, quite as catchy as your mama tober. That's you know, right. But, uh, but what can you do? <laughs> I don't know. Hire, hire better writers, I guess. Hey, uh, man. Hey, hey. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not national write a better slogan to national write a novel month, month. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, there's got to be some, like, copywriters or, uh, you know, somebody out there that... That's what they do for a living and they're writers and they could have came up with something better. But maybe uh, it was like maybe it was like Inktober though. You can copyright Narai Nomo. You know, you can't copyright a sentence, but you can copyright Narai Nomo, you know. So anyway. I oh, know. yeah. I don't know who's doing that. All right. So uh, how okay, so you said you have a couple of things like not specific things, just things to talk about. Yeah. Would that would those be two different things or one thing? Because I have two things, but they kind of go together. And do your two things. Do your two things. Because I think we're going to start to drift a bit away from productive things and into more ethereal thoughts as okay. we go. Okay. So let's let's stick with your productive things first, and then I can start uh, uh, drifting out of orbit. All right. Let's do. So the exciting thing that I I've been doing this week is not me actually doing it. So. With Drawtober finishing up, uh, all this stuff goes hand in hand. Um, I need alternate covers for issue. So I spoke with Ed, and it looks like this is going to be issue 12. So it does make sense. After speaking to him, this is going to be 12. So uh, Second Shift 11 was uh, Drawtober for 2020, and yeah. Second Shift 12 is going to be the 2021 Drawtober. So that's kind of cool in itself. 
Um, we were able to move stuff around, and it fits before the two-part story arc. He said he can do it. It could go either way. Either way mm-hmm. works, and um, if anything, this might actually be a little bit stronger. Uh, just what's going on with that character uh, in those stories. So, so that was good. Um, so with that, I commissioned a couple of artists. Uh, one I have used before, uh, Shaheen Lajouiz. Um, he's a French artist that draws very similar to Joe Mad. He's he's a huge influence on uh, Shaheen's work. And it's, it's just such a beautiful thing to look at. So yeah. um, I said, hey, man, do me a favor. Go check out my Instagram. And uh, if you could come up with a cover uh, based on what I'm drawing here, you know, that'd be cool if, if you did an alternate cover. So he checked it out and he came up with a couple of layouts. Um, the second one was super badass. So he sent me one. He goes, what do you think? This is what I was thinking about. And um, I was like, you know what? That's really cool. I like it. But it was kind of like, it was cool, but it was almost like, I could see this as a panel and, and maybe as a cover, but it almost, you know, there's something there, but there's there's also something missing. And I said, do me a favor, if you can try one more layout, just so I have something to compare it to. And he came back with something else that blew the first one out of the water. I was like, yes, this, this is exactly where we're going. This is different than uh, what I would do for a cover. So uh, actually, honestly, it's kind of similar to an... It's a similar style aesthetic that I enjoy, so I might have come up with something similar, but I really like his take on it. It's something different that I did in the story, and I really enjoy it. So we're going to go with his second layout. And uh, an artist that I follow online, he randomly posted up a story. And uh, it was of his character. And uh, he goes, oh my god, I can't believe it. I got this fan art uh, you know, from this, this artist. And uh, I, I love it. It's, it's amazing. So I was like, oh, wow, that's super badass. Let me go check that guy's workout. Like, I wonder, want to see what his other pieces look like. I don't know if you've experienced this, but sometimes I'll see someone online and they have an amazing piece. You're like, holy shit, that's, that's really great. And then you go onto their page and everything's very middling. It's just like, dude, all of your shit was put into that one image. What, where's that? You need to bring that forward with the rest of your stuff. Yes, I I, uh, I think I've casually mentioned that before because that's something Lance Pilgrim and I talk about when we talk about what artists to bring into the fold for Kadoja and Three Protectors. Um, when it comes to the other stuff, the horror stuff I'm writing, you know, I'm I'm just gonna go with my own instinct there. But uh, but Lance and I talk a lot about artists for Kadoja and Three Protectors, and that that goes back to something he said, which I may have mentioned on this episode. You know, exactly what you're talking about, right? Like, I don't want to see your best work. I want to see all your work. Because I want to see what your middling work looks like, you know, and um, and then there's there's some things to look for, too, which maybe we can talk about, you know, um, in terms of, of looking for artists, you know, like, you know, well, let's just do one one that Scott has talked about a lot, which is their use of camera angles. Right. Like that is a good one. Right. If someone draws everything at eye level or slightly above eye level or something like that, or or, you know, they they draw a lot of really cool headshots that it turns out are from almost the exact same angle, then, you know, look, if you want a cover that is that exact angle of that headshot for your character, by all means, do it. You know, but uh, but if you're looking to go more in depth, then that's where you start to understand the limitations there. So, yes, I have had that happen. And Scott, just like you. You know, like every time I'm on Instagram, I'm, I'm looking for artists. I'm looking for people that can potentially be part of, of the thing that I do. 
or even the thing that 215 Inc. does. You know, we're always looking for artists to do covers, to do that kind of stuff, to bring people into the fold. And uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is kind of amazing because I've, I've had that happen, I'd say, two, three times in the last week where it's like, whoa, this piece is substantially better than anything you have ever done. You know, so uh, so yeah, I don't know if it's a yellow. And the tough thing is, I don't know about you, back to you on this, but I don't know does that mean that you've turned a corner as an artist right. or does that mean that, that you just bowled a 300, but you usually can't bowl more than a 130? My highest bowling score ever is a 230. Wow. Okay? That's pretty good. My second highest bowling score ever is a 138. Oh shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have, I have no fucking idea how I bowled that 230. <laughs> it just all happened. And it was insane while it happened. It was like the, the reverend on the golf course in Caddyshack <laughs> where they make everything and then get struck by lightning. It was just <laughs> insane. It was insane. So yeah, that that's the kind of thing you got to wonder, you know, like yeah. this is your best work, but it's, it's light years better. So have you seen anything like that before? Of course. Yeah. I've seen tons of that. And luckily this guy was not that. Um, so I went on this guy's page and he was the complete package. Like we've talked about previously with finding colorists on Instagram and social media, this guy was a complete package. He was the penciler and colorist. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, this guy's stuff is really solid. There was a lot of um, what felt like like studio studio 3D panel work or something like that, mm-hmm. storyboarding that you would do, but just like yeah. this high quality painting style. And I was like, this guy's amazing. And he had different different styles and techniques that he was using on certain pieces like the original piece it was it was american comics mixed with a little bit of manga and then that kind of like fiona staples painting of the background okay so basically you you had this one person where they just to make sure i follow you had this one person where they did one piece that was good and then everything else no 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 and you were like whatever no no that that was and then you no that was an example of me going to this this oh, guy. Oh, okay, that, gotcha. Uh, so you actually you actually found this person. Yes. And and you were you were wondering is the rest of their stuff going to be mediocre yes. or do they actually have game? And it turned out they have game. Oh yeah, they have all of. The okay, game. gotcha. Yeah, they have all gotcha. of the game. <laughs> they have all the game. <laughs> they have all of it. Uh, yeah. So I went to went to his page and yeah, definitely the complete package. There was no middling there um he had kind of he had different pieces one it was kind of like the style i just uh mentioned but he also had one that was very pixar related uh something something somewhere in the middle where it was more manga and uh uh, really thin lines and just uh focus on colors and and i checked his bio and it said commissions are open so i messaged him i said hey I see that your commissions are open. This is I found you through this guy. Your work's amazing. Uh, how much are your commissions? I was looking to do a cover, you know, with these two characters. You know, what would that run? And uh, he had a whole, oh, just like I was talking about, he had a saved folder where he put it in his stories, and it was actually his prices. So you mm. can go through, and you can see what he charges what for. And it was very reasonable. And uh, um, he's from uh, Uruguay. And uh, I was just like, wow, this is the perfect example of the American dollar going so much further. And uh, I'm very excited about this. So he will be doing one of the covers for the second shift 12. And uh, um, that leads me into my next thing. 
Oh, go ahead. Before you go. Yeah, yeah. I would like you to send me that information privately, please. Absolutely. I will <laughs> so, send over. You know, uh, as, in, the, in the spirit of uh, a Luke Parker, right, uh, who you you hit me to and has created a dope ass Kadoja cover that's going to be the Kickstarter alternate to volume four, number one. Uh, yeah, hit, hit me up. Oh, yeah. Up and and, uh, and I, I'm always happy to get in line behind you. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, so luckily, I saw that his stuff was open. We've, we've agreed to it and everything. And so it's he's already sent me two different layouts. Um, same thing with Shaheen. Um, he sent me one. I said, looks cool, but can you send me one more? In this, uh, in this particular uh, situation, I liked his first layout better. So we're going with the first layout. He's already half paid, and uh, he's on the move. So, so that's good. Nice. All right. Yeah, so that leads into the second thing, or the third thing, uh, second part of this. My Kickstarter for the second shift is actually going to be a combination of the second shift 10 and 12, uh, and you also get the 2001, 2021 Drawtober uh, Ashcan. So okay. it's a bit more work uh, just trying. Like, I've done single issues for so long that I have it down. I know what to charge for the regular issue, for the Kickstarter exclusive issue or cover, and then the uh, limited edition cover. So I, I have that formula down so well. But when you introduce a second book, let alone a second book that has an ash can to it, it creates all kinds of problems. So all mm-hmm. of my standard, my standard format that I would use is out the window. And I, honestly, I'm in a territory now when I was creating all of the reward tiers where I was like, this is going to be confusing as fuck to people. But this is the only way it makes sense. I can try to simplify it a bit, but honestly, I, I don't know that I can. Like, it's just, it's 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 too weird. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe off the air, I'll, I'll shoot it your way, uh, shoot some screen caps your way and see what you think. But um, I'm... I'm trying to do like, okay, you can pick up just 10 if you want. And you you can pick up just uh, 12 in the ash can together. Or there's the bundle pack, which is 10, 12 in the ash can. Um, mm-hmm. And then so, so that's fine enough, right? But then each book has two alternate covers. So it's just mm. like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Where, uh, can, I, can I throw down on this? Yeah, absolutely. Anyone who's going to back this Kickstarter is probably going to back both anyway. So do not, I would not give the ability to split it out. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, people who follow the second shift now are going to pick it up in five seconds. I'm going to pick it up in five seconds, right? As a fan of the second shift. So, and I speak for all the fans of the second shift where it's like, just just give me both and then give me the option to have the regular covers for both or the alternate covers for both. I think that'll make it a lot cleaner for you. Mm. Obviously, the the follow-up question that may be in your head, that's in my head is, but what about new fans? Well, you create a tier for new fans where they can get the whole shebang. And yeah, then you which just I have. do, boom, there you go. Yeah, you just do the whole shebang or you let them add on everything else and then they're good to go. Because obviously, you you know every Kickstarter is going to get at least a few New fans, right? Um, especially if you if you set a modest funding goal, and if you fund quickly, then that's going to be a helpful thing. You know? So, do you I'm, think? Yeah. Do you think I should do a tier? So, okay, I should eliminate the single issues or of ten and twelve with the ash can, right? Take those out altogether. Yes. yes. Should I put in their place second shift number one as like barrier for entry? Like, hey, no. if you don't, no, don't do it. So you, nah. okay. Nope. 
10, 10 and 12. I, I, I mean, this, this is kind of like the way I like telling stories too. In Medeus Res, man, you know, like I, here's 10 and 12. The story is underway. And if you want to catch up, then by all means, catch up. I mean, in a lot of ways, that's just what I did for Kadoja Volume 3. Should it I was do, my, uh, it was my most successful Kickstarter. Should you know? I do the, should I do the trade then as an option? Cause that's one through five. So they're at least picking up the first volume. So that gives them the option to do that. Okay, let me let me answer your question with a question. Is is what you're going for from a larger perspective a a entry point for people? Like you you do you want this first level thing that allows people to enter the world of the second shift? Is that what you're saying? I want the ability there, yeah. So like let's say let's say people don't have the financial ability to get the reward tier of the second shift full-time bundle, which is, yeah. uh, I believe it's $50. Yeah. It, it's 50 bucks and you get issues, uh, one through five in the trade. So you get a trade paperback and then you get the singles of six through 12 and then plus mm-hmm. this, this year's ash can and then digitals for 10, 10, 12 in the ash can. Okay, so my opinion would be the lowest tier you have is the digitals for 10 and 12. Lowest tier. The second lowest tier you have is physicals for 10 and 12. That's that's that is the that is the pancake batter of this Kickstarter because I don't want to say bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's just switch it up like flip mode. I, I right? like pancakes. Yeah, dude, I love pancakes. On a side note, I just bought this Dunkin' Donuts coffee. It's called uh chocolate chocolate lovers pancake or something like that mm-hmm. it is it is fantastic interesting <laughs> you know like yeah i mean where'd you, I, where'd I you, you like, just got that at the store where did you, where'd you get dude, that target yeah oh, okay yeah, you, you, yeah well you know like you know how it is like these these companies do all these seasonal things you mm-hmm. know so i don't think that's part of their everyday ro- rotation but again i like uh sweet flavored coffees that's just my jam but uh yeah man it was it's it's fantastic it smells and tastes like a goddamn chocolate chip pancake with coffee you know it's amazing yeah. so anyway I, I think that should be like the 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 backbone of your kickstarter okay and then it's it's really up to you i think it would make sense to have a tier that is you know then your next tier would be 10 and 12 but with the cool variant covers right yeah and then i think your next tier would logically be or at least you know one two tiers up depending on what you want to do that's when you throw the whole shebang there it's the trade of uh volume one six through twelve with all the freaking tchotchkes you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. i think i think that again just just if 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 it's a successful kickstarter and you're able to fund early and get the kickstarter seal of approval then you're probably going to get some new people that come over to your Kickstarter. And those people are probably probably going to go for the whole shebang. You know, I was very pleased with my Kadoja Volume 3 Kickstarter that I had a chunk of people go for the whole shebang, basically for all three trades. Okay. And uh, that's a great feeling, you know, because again, it's very similar, right? Like this is a, this is a Kickstarter for Kadoja Volume 3. So if you want one and two, I actually made it so you could do whatever you want. You could either have the add-ons of one and two that you did separately, or you could just get them all in a tier. And I had those prices uh, perfectly match up so that you couldn't like hack the system by spending a few less dollars on one or the other. And then, you right. know, whatever other things you want to do, great. Okay. All right. That that actually helps a lot because um, I have a lot of double 
double pricing on stuff, which I really do hate. I find that to be a little bit annoying. I, I, the more Kickstarters I see, the more acceptable it seems to be. But um, I, I didn't like how many tiers I have. And uh, I think this, I think, I think your notes will help a lot there. Actually, I think that'll really just bundle all three every time, and that'll that'll cut down on the reward tiers. Because I think when you have too many, it confuses people. Totally. Look, this is what you told me. Yeah. Like I'm paraphrasing the great Scott Lost when it was Kadoja Volume Three time. Mm -hmm. There is an ideal number of tiers. I think Kickstarter itself has this thing where they say, we really think the optimal number of tiers is six to eight, you know? So if you're taking up four with what we just talked about, because that's what we just talked about, then you allow yourself some 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 vertical room to put some, some of those cool tiers in that everybody likes putting in their Kickstarter that end up doing uh, pretty good, you know, if you put yeah. a cool thing in there. Okay, all right. Well, I, I, I think you've uh, opened up my eyes to my own wisdom and uh, I'll go back and revamp this thing and uh, man, it is honestly the most time-consuming Kickstarter I have ever done. Like it, it's mm. so weird. Just the uh, the writing portion of it is taking so much longer. And you'd think I've done I don't know eight of these things. I would know what I'm doing by now. But uh, it's it's taking a lot longer. And uh, I think that'll help a lot and um, get get the other stuff done. Good man. Hey, when when are you planning on launching it? Probably. I want to have everything done by the fifth. I have. I have uh, all the approvals in motion because with Kickstarter, you need to get the Kickstarter approved and you yeah. got to make sure uh, your bank account and all that stuff straight. So I've already done that part. So I'm hoping the fifth it's launched. So by the time this comes out, um, it'll be up and running and Ooh. it's, and it's going to be going until the end of the month. So I want to have know. it done by December 1st. <laughs> You're insane. Yeah. <laughs> because what that means is, you know, you're basically saying, you know what I'd like, I'd like, I'd like to to risk pulmonary trouble for 24 days. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, exactly. Like I really what I want is to is to make my blood pressure as high as possible for as long of a time as possible. I think that'd be great about <laughs> you. <laughs> you know, so props to you, man. I can't I can't do shit that long. Yeah. So uh, Kicks, right, Kickstarter's anyway. are rough, dude. Yeah, they're they're yeah, always a process yeah. and um the next one is going to be even worse where the the heart or the trade paperback and hardcover Kickstarter, that one is going to be the most stressful Kickstarter I've ever done in my entire life. Well, it's funny because for me, um, you know, when I think about the Kadoja Volume Four Number One Kickstarter that'll be coming up soon, um, what I stress out about is the fact that I have such a low price point. You know, like the the pancake batter, copyright me of of the kickstarter is is going to be a single comic issue which i'm not used to you know i'm used to kickstarters for trades so uh it's going to be a little funky and i've been already racking my brain for some things to uh to throw in there and i actually you know we came across some pretty cool ideas i'm really excited for one of the bonus tiers uh, that i'm going to throw on there so we'll talk about that as we get closer to it but speaking of kickstarters i did want to mention uh that you know a week or two ago uh, i mentioned that you know being part of the company i am um, we launched a Kickstarter for Dr. Crow, the collected volume one trade. You know, Dr. Crow is kind of a, oh, let's just go with like paranormally, you know, kind of steampunk take on the supernatural. And uh, it, it was solicited through Diamond and it had a Kickstarter. And, and I'm thrilled to say that it funded at like 130%. And we had a pretty good, pretty good chunk of backers. So it was great to see that Kickstarter push through. But uh, but let's let's get to my second thing. 
So my second thing is not necessarily a thing. I want to shout out a few things out there that I think are very helpful to writers and may even be helpful to other people. The first thing is I'm going to, I'm going to hold this up. Uh, Scott knows that I walked away from just for just a quick second. I want to shout this book out because it's an excellent book before and after the book deal. And it's by Courtney mom. Okay. And M A U M. And I am going to also shout out a podcast that I have been listening to a lot And um, it's called, I think it's called The Shit No One Tells You About Writing. It is by this this, uh, published author. She's South African. And uh, she says shit in a very specific way, which I find uh, uh, kind of delightful. But uh, for, for, for those of you that are interested in writing novels, this podcast is complete gold. Because so much of it flows like the workshops that I have been doing for the last three years. A lot of times they'll start the podcast with like two literary agents giving a a given writer notes on like their query letter and their first five pages, which is how every book gets started when when you're a first time author submitting to a publisher. And then the main event for every podcast tends to be a talk with a publisher, an author, etc. And then they just talk about whatever they're going to talk about. And... You know, like I'm trying to feed my head with some other podcasts just to, you know, get the brainwaves flowing and ideally give us some good things to talk about with this podcast as I adopt, uh, adapt some of their ideas into the comics world and how I think we can kind of incorporate that. So Courtney Mom was one of the, the guests on it and she talked about this book and it sounded amazing. And sure enough, it is amazing. You know, it's it's a book about not only just finishing your book, but about what to expect, you know, if you're successful and how, you know, the money works and how, you know, things like book tours work and, and what you can expect and all that stuff, you know. And, um, you know, I only read the first 40 pages because I kind of want to take each step as it comes. You know, I don't want to read about selling a book when I haven't even finished mine. But uh she has some amazing tips. And the other thing about this podcast that I'll, I'll, I'll make sure people are aware of is it is very, very focused on, um, on women-centric fiction and women's literary fiction. So, you know, for me, I, dude, I'll, I'll, take, a, I'll take a good book from anybody, anytime, you know? So I, and I like that kind of thing because I'm not naturally going to come across that. And um, I've come across some pretty good sounding books. So, uh, so we'll see if I, I get them, but more importantly, a lot of those tips can apply to comics. And there was a tip that the second I heard it, I was just like, man, do I have to talk about this on the podcast? So Scott has mentioned at least 10 times this idea of imposter syndrome. Okay. And imposter syndrome is not something, you know, like I don't really think about myself in terms of imposter syndrome. What I think about in terms of me is my my tendency to be a perfectionist. And there is a wonderful section in this book, very short, but still wonderful, about the perfectionist in all of us as we try to do stuff. And, and while it's intended for writers, I think it can apply to absolutely every person that is listening to this right now, right? That is there this tendency to be overly perfect with stuff and to have that create a long jam in your brain, a log jam in your brain? And the answer is, of course there is, right? It's it's part of being someone that creates something. There is always this inner perfectionist in you that is telling you it's not good enough or it needs this or it needs that. And you need to like just fix this one thing and then you can get to the creative process. But sometimes the creative process doesn't work like that. You know, the creative process, at least the the pitch that, that the author is making in, in this section of the book is that 
again, another great note. If you're stuck on a scene or you're stuck on a comic or you're stuck on a page, maybe if you're an artist, sometimes the best thing you can do is just write it shitty, right? Write a, write a version of it that sucks, right? Or at least write the version of it that's in your head. Don't try to make that version too great before you just barf it out, right? You throw that spaghetti at the wall. There's this phrase called spaghetti draft. Write your scene, write your comic, write your book. Get a bad version of it out first because editing something bad is much easier than creating something from nothing. I would say the artistic version of that is thumbnails. Because mm. a lot of times when I lay something out, and uh, uh, Gary, he's, he's talked about it on his YouTube channel. When you're doing your thumbnails, you don't want to make it too perfect. You want it to be just this, just the idea of what's going on in, in that image, right? So a lot of times it is a shitty version of what you're going to do, especially if you don't have an idea of what it's supposed to look like yet, quite yet. Mm -hmm. There are other instances. So, so where, where I would say I differ from Gary on this is, I, if I have the image in my head of what it's supposed to look like, I will go for that right away to see if mm -hmm. I can capture that. But if I don't, then yeah, shitty version it is. Because then when you go back to it, let's, so I'll, I'll, I'll argue both points, but I'll tell you, we'll go with, with uh, your version, right? Like to stay on task. So the shitty version, like you said, it's way easier to edit because like, it's just a basic idea of what's going on. And then that's where your artistic brain comes in. You go, okay, where's the camera supposed to be? You know, mm -hmm. where, where can I move the camera to make this scene in interesting? Is it underneath? Is it above? Like, what is it exactly? Is it a side profile? Like, there's all these things that these factors that go into deciding what that image looks like. The panels above, below, the page before, uh, those are all factors in that. But yes, the, the shitty image in a thumbnail is uh, very much equivalent to what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And again, that, that wasn't even the main point, right? That was just a point I found so interesting because it's true. It's true for me. You know, it's true that, right, and, and I just, the, what, what resonated so much is that a week before, I had just said, I'm going to write this scene, and if it sucks, then it sucks. But it's easier, like, I got to get it out. At least if I get it out and see it, then I'll know that I need to change it. And again, changing something is easier than creating something, you know, so that, that little note was very helpful. Yeah, and I would say um, the equivalent of the good thumbnail is to you knowing what the scene is. Like, mm -hmm. you're like, I don't totally. know what this scene is. So I'm just going to jot this down so it'll kind of give me a rough area of what I'm supposed to be talking about. Exactly. But then the previous scene, you're like, I know exactly what's going on. You Exactly. You throw exactly. that down and that's what the good thumbnail is. And, yeah, you're uh, like, look, I don't know shit about this scene, but I know that the waiter catches fire and there's seven elephants involved. And then yeah. you just write that, right? And then you're good to go. Where other times you might know exactly what's going on. This is the scene where the, the cleric, you know, conjures up the Holy Cross and the wizard throws the fireball and the dragon with four heads, you Tur know. Turns back into an elephant and a waiter. And waiter. And yeah. then takes your order. Right. Because the elephant never forgets. Doesn't <laughs> need to write it down. Now, that would be a character, an elephant that actually did need to write your order down if it was a waiter. 
Uh, but anyway, so that that was fun. But that's still not even my main point. My main point is going back to the inner critic, right? And this inner perfectionist is a better way of putting it. And this little bit of gold that I have since adopted is there are some authors who have taken such notice of their inner perfectionist that they have given them a name. And the reason I love this is because it resonated with me immediately, right? So one, like the the author, Courtney Mom, makes this note that like one person called their inner perfectionist perf and one called him, you know, like Mrs. Amazing or something like that. I have given my perfectionist a name. Look, if you want to steal it, you can just just don't let me know that you steal it. I immediately named my inner perfectionist Victor Vaughn. <laughs> because who is more of a perfectionist than the almighty Dr. Doom? Not only has it given a name to my perfectionist, but it has given a cartoony presence to my perfectionist so that whenever, and, and I have caught myself since I thought of that four days ago, of being trying to be too perfect every single day. And then I'm like, Victor Vaughn, calm down. No, I will not calm down. <laughs> this type of thing doesn't work for everybody, right? But it works for me. It works for me to kind of give a name to my inner perfectionist. And then it just so happens that the name also becomes a bit of a cartoon and I can have fun with it. And it becomes this dialogue between Keith and Victor Vaughn, who's trying to keep Keith from just writing a novel and letting it flow. You know, that, that's great. I like that. Uh, naming your inner perfectionist um, yeah, I guess, yeah, for me, that doesn't, doesn't apply. Cause I don't think like, I do think of constantly trying to perfect things and improve, but, uh, I would say mine is more on the side of, of, I guess what artists usually feel, which is the imposter syndrome. So maybe that yeah. doesn't come, come with the writing territory. Maybe it's more of this perfectionist thing. So yeah, that well, every, everybody has, everybody has imposter syndrome on some level. But for me, it's more about letting, trying to not let my inner perfectionist get in the way of just making something. So I want to tell you a story, okay? Like this, this has nothing to do with anything, but I think it's sort of interesting. You know what I mean? Like we, so just for you listeners, we've, we've kind of reached the end where we talk about whatever. And, uh, you know, look, we, we could talk about the, the Lakers and Sixers. Uh, the Lakers have rebounded with a couple wins here and the Sixers have, have un have somehow <laughs> we somehow beat the shit out of the Atlanta Hawks the other night, <laughs> which was amazing. That was like vengeance for for our collapse last season. Yeah, I was but gonna that's, say. You know, let's let's let that that happen another day. That was our that was our fifteen seconds of basketball talk because I had something strange happen and I, and I want to talk about it. You know, like so for people that are older. So again, I I make no secrets. I am fifty. For the people that are younger than me, right? I want you to take the year that you graduated high school, okay? And then I want you to add 30, three zero years to that, okay? So if you graduated high school 10 years ago, you need to think of yourself 10, 20 years in the future. I want you to think of the kind of friend that you had in high school where you were cool with them, you talked to them every chance that you got, you thought they were a pretty cool dude or a pretty cool lady, and they thought the same of you. You hung out every now and then because that's how your class schedule or your extracurricular uh, activities kind of um, aligned. But you didn't necessarily hang out with them a lot. But you thought they were pretty okay, and they thought you were pretty okay. So again, this is one of those very age-specific things because, you know, at, at my age... When, when you graduated high school or then you went on to college, if you went on to college and then you did that, you know, it, it was very rare 
in my case, I moved physically away from where I went to high school, right? I went to high school in Houston, Texas, and then I moved away. And I went to college in a place that was not Houston, Texas, and I never lived in Houston, Texas again. For me to stay in contact with some of my Houston friends, very rare. You know, like we're talking about three, four people max, you know, because this was this was 1989, right? Like, like social media did not exist. You didn't just stay friends forever in a virtual way so you could always connect. You, you legitimately, people just legitimately fell off the face of the earth to you because you got on with your life and they got on with theirs. So the reason I'm setting all this up is now take yourself, you know, you don't hear from somebody for 30 years and then all of a sudden you start hearing from them again, you know, because social media came around and, you know, for me, I joined in like 2011, like 10 years ago, you know, cause I'm an old person and we adopted late. That's how it works. <laughs> right. But, um, but you know, I've been around for 10 years and sure enough, you know, before you know it, you've, you've got all your high school friends there and they, they pop up and you know, you have no idea who actually gives a shit about your life. And then you get these notes out of the blue and you're like, Oh, wow. You actually, you actually pay attention. <laughs> I had no damn idea, you know? So there's this, there's this dude from high school. Again, exactly the type of person I'm talking about. And, uh, and we proceed to kind of go back and forth. And, um, you know, so before you know it, we're kind of having a chat, you know, as, as it seems fit for him, you know, um, you know, like maybe I'll do a post every now and then. And then like, you know, my, my three kids all fence, you know, two of them fence at the NCAA division one level. One is a pretty competitive high school fencer right now. And um, so he starts commenting on fencing. He's like, oh, I fenced a little bit. I think that's so cool. Maybe I'll send you my blade, you know, like all these things. I'm like, wow, that's that's very forward of you. But, you know, OK, cool. You know, like what, whatever, man, I'm down. And then, uh, you know, let, let, let's say eight months ago, I just do this casual thing. I'm, I'm posting. I mean, people who follow me know that, like, I'll go to a new town. If I go to a record store, I'm taking photos and I'm posting them. You know, hey, I was in this record store. And so at this point, the guy's like, hey, I, I, you know, I saw you were in a record store. You know, I got these records that have been sitting around. You want them? And I'm like, brother, I would take any records from anybody, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, they are, they're like a lot of 80s electronica, you know? So, uh, or, or what, what, what kind of club dance stuff used to be in the 80s, 90s? So we're talking about... Um, you know, like Depeche Mode, Gene Loves oh, okay. Jezebel, yeah. you know, like that kind of sh- like that kind of stuff, like kind of like the classic alternative dance pop rock kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, over the course of five months, maybe we proceed to have these exchanges. He's like, I'm going to go get this valued and see if anybody wants it. And if not, I'll just ship it to you for free. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't count my chickens. Right. Uh, Again, just goes back and forth. I get an email from him every now and then. He'll, we'll talk about fencing. He'll talk about all this, blah, blah, blah. So then finally, he's like, hey, I'm going to go to one final record store. This is like three months ago. I'm going to go to one final record store. And if they don't give me a deal I like, I'm just going to ship them to you. I'd rather ship them to you knowing that they're in a good home. You know, I still don't expect these records. Like, I I know he has some that are sort of interesting, but you know, whatever. I'm, I'm not, not counting my chickens. About, uh, you know, three weeks later, he's like, hey, what's your address? I'm like, okay, I give him my address. He's like, I'm shipping these to you. I'm like, okay, cool. So I don't think anything of it. Again, I'm still not still not counting on anything. And then one day a box shows up at my door. It's very heavy. In fact, I think I was out of town and I come back and there's this heavy box. My wife's like, hey, there's this heavy box. I'm like, oh, man, I think these are the records that my friend from high school promised me. You know, I proceed to tell my wife about my friend from high school, you know, all this stuff. Open the records. Hey, man, they're really nice records. It's a head. Yeah, it's a head. Oh God, it's that, a that, fucking that, box full of heads. 
Dude, would that be so cool? Would that be so cool? But unofficially, it was not, unfortunately, either a Joe Hill story or the movie Seven, which would have been amazing. What's in the box? <laughs> it, it, it was, in fact, a bunch of records. Oh. And uh, so, and it, and it wasn't even in a carrying case, like a record box, which is pretty cool. Oh, like nice. one of those 50 record boxes with a handle, you know, an old school blue one with like kind of that, you know how you take cardboard and you put vinyl on it, like on a covering. So it's sort of sturdy, but not like it's peeling a little bit. Anyway, right. I look mm-hmm. through all the records. I'm like, oh man, there's definitely some stuff I'll keep here. Maybe I'll sell it. Maybe I'll do whatever, you know? So I kind of put it in the corner of my room. I didn't think anything of it because, you know, I've been going through all this other stuff that I have. And uh, so anyway, I don't think anything of it. You know, I know that I'll, at some point, I'll just listen to every single one. That was going to be my logic. I'm going to listen to every single one. And then whatever ones I like, I'm keeping. And whatever ones I don't like, I'll probably just list on Discogs or something, right? Flash forward to about a week ago, I get a note. So the interesting thing about this, this guy is that he has brothers who have very similar names. You know, like like uh, the parents definitely did the first name of the uh, first letter of the alphabet or mm-hmm. like same letter of the alphabet thing. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's like it's like Jim, you know, James and John, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So I get a note from someone with a very similar name. I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is him. I click on my my Facebook messenger and it turns out that it's it's a from his brother. B letting me know that he passed away. Oh, shit. So this is where I get to the part where the story gets strange, right? Like now all of a sudden these records become very interesting. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like now, and and now it turns out that the person I believe passed away due to like something like liver failure. But boy, boy, does that cast a lot of the conversations that I've just had with this person over the last year or so into a different light, you know, like the seeming out of nowhere stuff, you know, the other things. Um, and all of a sudden these records take on a much greater significance than I had ever planned. Yeah. You know? And so, uh, wow. You know, like, I don't know what to make of it. I'm just sort of mentioning this now because I think it's an interesting story. And, uh, you know, I, I bet most people that were listening did not expect that twist at the end. You know, I no. sure didn't, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, uh, so anyway, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, but I just wanted to share because I thought it was interesting. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to listen to these. Obviously, it's it's strange because I, I have a connection to this person. But, you know, the connection is still, we talk every now and then. He's a cool person. He was a cool person. Rest in peace. And it was great talking to him. And I would have liked to know him more, you know. But, uh, but boy, now these records just kind of have a, a different level of significance, don't they? Yeah. I had a, a high school friend... And I mean, we've known each other since junior high to high school, and we hung out a few times after high school. She's, um, I have a close group of friends that I still know from elementary school all the way through high school. Like, uh, you know, some I knew longer than others. Some I, you know, known the majority of my life. Uh, some, you know, half, half of my life. So she, she was someone I knew casually. I didn't know her that well. We hung out a few times with that group of friends. Um, I get uh, a few years back, I get notified that she passed away and she's the same age as me. I'm 41. Um, I think she passed, I think, shoot, it might've been or 37 maybe at the time, 36 when she passed and it was an embolism, uh, popped mm. in her brain and she, you know, just died out of nowhere. So, and, uh, one Christmas, since she was with that group of friends, she's in that, that friend group, um, 
we do like white elephants and like little things. We'll go out to have a brunch, uh, you know, during Christmas time. And uh, she gave everyone like little, little trinkets, just like these little things that she thought we would like. And mm -hmm. uh, I felt bad because I didn't get her anything, you know, because, you know, we did a white elephant. You get a person's name or you do like a gen or it's a yeah, it's a white elephant, not a secret Santa. So you get a generic gift and then you just do like swap. Yeah. And right? then you proceed to draw numbers one through X. Right. And then whoever has the highest number draws last. And whenever you draw, you have the right to either take yeah, a new steal. gift from the center stash or steal, yeah, which steal is twice. an absolute riot. Some people don't like it. I love, I it. love how it's sinister great. it is. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fantastic. I mean, we didn't plan on kind of having this be the official launch to the Christmas season. Yeah. But it turned out that it kind of is right. Yeah. Cause this will yeah. air, uh, this will air kind of as we're getting closer and closer to Thanksgiving. And yeah. by now, by now, anyone listening who's watched any degree of television is already sick of Christmas ads because I am as we record this. I cannot believe it. I'm like, I'm already getting these. Like, it's just too it's soon. Like, isn't it's it? not even Thanksgiving yet. Yeah, exactly. Like, leave me alone. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, she got me this. It is a Hal Jordan yeah. Green Lantern USB stick. Yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. This is perfect. I'm, I'm uh, at the time, like I was a huge Green Lantern fan. I was reading it nonstop, the Jeff Johns run. And so this was super cool. And I was like, wow, I didn't know she knew. Like, I mean, I guess everyone knows that I'm into comics, but it was such a perfect little gift because for one, I constantly was transferring files from my laptop to the computer and whatever. So I need the USB stick and it's a, a superhero character. So yeah. after she passed, it was just like, I will never get rid of this. This is something I will never get rid of, even when it stops working. Like, I will still keep yeah. this. Because it becomes a memento. Yeah, mm -hmm. because it becomes a memento of someone who's no longer with us, you know? Yeah. And so, again, you know, that'll, you know, it, it definitely creates an added significance to all these records. It'll be, uh, it'll be fun to listen through all these records and see what ones end up, I, I end up keeping. I may just end up keeping all of them now, <laughs> you know? Uh, but, you know, I, I'm inclined to keep all of them now, but we will, we will see where it ends up. That was a great story, man. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's unfortunate that he passed uh, at such a young age, you know? And yeah, uh, yeah it's always unfortunate when that happens. But, yeah, yeah. kind of crazy, kind of crazy. But I guess it's, it's time for us to wrap up. So uh, next week, we will be joined by Gary Hodges. And we're going to talk about a topic that we will let you know about when you see it in the feed. And, uh, and we'll go from there. We're not even going to tease it. We think it'll be a good time. And, uh, you know, Obviously, we have great conversations with two people, but we add, we add a third person to the mix and we can just go on and on. So it'll be fun to welcome Gary back. He's already agreed to, to talk with us next week. So it'll, it'll be a good time. Uh, and with that, you can find me on Instagram at Keith underscore decibel. I take photos of records. I take photos of comics. I don't take photos of my dog, but I can. If that's what you like. So you just <laughs> let me know. And uh, and then there's at Kadoja Kaiju, which is all things Kadoja. Um, definitely no photos of my dog and no potential of photos for my dog unless I can figure out how to do it in a Kaiju setting. But those are the two uh, at Keith underscore decibel and at Kadoja Kaiju on Instagram. And you can find me at Scott Lost, S-C-O-T-T-L-O-S-T -T -T on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash scott lost i definitely do have pictures of my dogs on my instagram feed so go ahead and look for those yeah and if you think the pictures of scott's dogs are adorable you just don't know the half the dogs are amazing we talked about this before sweet as pie awesome just three three awesome dogs um 
So, you know, like I haven't updated KeithRFoster.com yet because it almost strikes me as more interesting to not, right? Because that way every <laughs> week I could just talk about how I'm almost ready to update KeithRFoster.com with, I don't know, a new article, something, but I still don't do it because I'm busy doing other stuff. But KeithRFoster.com is in fact there and it has some, you know, some bio information, some aged uh, posts. If you haven't seen those yet, I hope to get some articles back up on iHorror soon as my schedule allows. And of course, there is a Kadoja store there. And Kadoja is giant monsters meet HP Lovecraft. So it's like an old, old school black and white Godzilla uh, movie. But it's a comic and it's got a lot more horror in it than uh, than any of those old Godzilla films do. And you can find my books, The Second Shift and Wanders of Melisanda at AccidentalAliens.com. Second Shift is a tale of minimum wage workers during the day and superheroes at night. And uh, Wanders of Melisanda, Anthropomorphic Dinosaurs versus Humans. More importantly, my Kickstarter is more than likely going on when you're listening to this episode. Go to my bio on any of those social medias. Uh, the Kickstarter link will be there. Click that, back the project, and uh, get the full-time bundle. I also have another tier that is all of my comics. So if you've wanted to, you want to pick up everything I've ever made, uh, get that tier. All right, man. I think that's it for the week, right? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, don't All forget, right, don't forget the reviews. Leave yes. us a review. Oh, yes, of Five course, stars. of course. There's. Re- hey, I want to mention actually. Someone gave us a really cool review over the uh, over the. I don't know if I mentioned this last week or not, but uh, the reviews keep on um, keep on ratcheting up, which is great to see. It's great to see that it's a bunch of five-star reviews. That's always nice. Um, the, the jury's still out on whether you can actually review us or not on Spotify because I didn't look into it, but we know that you can do it on Apple Podcasts. So by all means, if you get a few extra minutes, two extra minutes, go there, throw us five stars, say something you love about the podcast. It really does help. It helps expand the audience so that we can continue to build this community. Because you know what? We're at the point now where the listenership is 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 warranting. Maybe maybe we do do something like a community page. Maybe we do, you know, queue up something on Facebook that's just a community for making comics. It's something that Scott and I have discussed lightly. But I think as the listenership continues to grow, we would love to turn that into a place where people can just share ideas with each other. Right. So anyway, we're not quite there yet. We want there to feel like there's a substantial group of people where we can have a fun exchange. But, you know, every little bit helps. Right. So if you want to go on, throw us a throw us a nice review and say some nice words. We would uh, we definitely appreciate it. Yeah. And I've gotten some messages on Twitter and Instagram separately. Uh, There's some new listeners, some people that I've been enjoying the pod really like it. So they've hit me up there. Let me know that they're enjoying it. And that's very cool. And uh, if you want that that Facebook fan page where you guys can interact with each other, let us know. Hit us up on makingcomicspodcast at gmail.com. Shoot us a note there. Let us know you're interested in that. Or if you got some question for us, uh, makingcomicspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I mean, or and or if you want to email makingcomicspodcast at gmail.com about our Scott and I's individual problems with collecting comics. That's also a great place to say, my God, have you not bought all the comics in existence yet? Existence yet, <laughs> you know. So, I am happy to say that I have not bought a single thing since we recorded last week. I cannot say the same. I bought <laughs> something. <laughs> I bought something this morning. Yes, 
Yes. Uh, yes, so, man. So, so you did my, it. My, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, stayed yeah, yeah, away yeah. for five I, whole days. Yeah. <laughs> I got to give you my chip. My I was, uh, I think, two weeks dry. So, <laughs> yeah. My best friend gave me $100 for Christmas. He has a bad habit of giving it to me way before Christmas. And he goes, hey, here, here's $100. This is your Christmas present. It was a hundred dollar gift gift certificate to eBay. So well, wait, uh, did you just spend? Did you just spend gift money? That's entirely different. Yeah. Oh, and, gift money doesn't count. You're fine. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I bought gifts I bought gifts. two things. Um, there was an insanely cheap original Golden Age Daredevil uh, mm. comic, and it was like I think it was like issue thirty or something like thirty three, and uh, it was twenty dollars or best offer, free shipping. And I'm like, fourteen bucks. He said, yeah, okay. I was like, oh, nice. shit, I got this for $14? This is a really nice. old comic. And nice. uh, one was a Savage Dragon issue that actually has Golden uh, Golden Age Daredevil is guest appearing. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think it's I see a theme. 141. Uh, Savage Dragon releases all the Golden Age heroes from uh, some kind of, like, frozen state. They were stuck in a frozen state, and Savage Dragon okay. releases them. So I've been wanting, I've had my eye on that book for a while. It's a $20 book. Um, I finally pulled the trigger. It's free shipping, so why not? Boom. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Well, again, that's that's gift money. Gift money doesn't count. All right, fair enough. Still All rolling. Right. Party people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We will. Yeah, yeah. You get your chip back. <laughs> so, yes. uh, all right. All right, my brother. I will see you next week. Yeah, yeah.